Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the Book of Romans with part two of this message entitled, The Nature of Saving Faith. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter four. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. We are speaking about the nature of saving faith. Saving faith is the faith of Abraham. And God has granted us saving faith, strong faith, faith of Abraham. To live and to die for God's glory. So we are looking at various aspects of saving faith. Number four, faith grows. Verse 19 and verse 20 of Romans 4. Unbelievers are characterized by apistia, unbelief. They, in other words, have no faith. Believers have faith. Supernatural faith, which grows to great faith, like an infant grows into an adult. There are therefore degrees of faith. Little faith, growing faith, and great faith. Faith grows in strength as we grow in the knowledge of God and as we obey God's will. We are told that Abraham did not grow weak in faith, but he grew strong. Doubts weaken our faith. Doubts toward God and his promises. Then we become anxious, fearful, complaining, and confused. In view of the great promise of God, Abraham did not stagger like a drunkard due to unbelief. But he was strengthened by God because of his saving faith. God gives strength to everyone who believes in him. Strength to do mighty things. Unbelief, as I said, weakens us. Faith, on the other hand, strengthens us. We can imagine how Abraham grew strong. He began to meditate on God. He used to be a worshipper of mute, dumb idols of Mesopotamia. Then this God of glory appeared to him. He meditated on his glory, on his majesty. He meditated on his eternity. He meditated on his holiness, his righteousness, his purity, his omnipotence, his omniscience, his omnipresence, his goodness, his wisdom, his love, his immutability. 
faith in God grows as we come to know God and his attributes more and more. Today we see God in God's word. The more we read and meditate, we grow strong in God. The more we make use of the means of grace, we grow strong in faith. The more we pray, the more we hear the word preached, because faith comes by hearing the gospel. The more we fellowship, the more we worship, the more we make use of the Lord's Supper, the more we give and serve, the more we witness to Jesus Christ, the more we obey God, the more we grow strong. We grow from little faith to great faith. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. And we also must put faith to work. You remember in Mark 4, Jesus Christ told the disciples, said, we want to go to the other side. And they were in the boat and there was a storm and they were scared, they were afraid. And Jesus asked the question, where is your faith? Put it to work. You have it. Put it to work. Didn't I tell you, let us go over to the other side? And when I say go to the other side, means we will go to the other side. In spite of all storms. Believe God. Believe his word. We shall then be victorious. Nothing in all creation, friends, can separate us from the love of God. If God is for us, who can be against us? Therefore, you have faith. Apply it in your daily life. Don't be defeated. Don't operate on basis of fear. Go forward, says Jesus Christ. Go through the storm. Go through the river. Go through the mountain. Apply faith in daily life. You will grow strong. In other words, obedience builds our faith. Jesus said in John 13 and verse 17, If you know these things, blessed are you. If you do them, you can be in a church for 50 years. That doesn't mean you will grow in faith. Believe God and apply the faith in daily life. There is nothing more insulting to God as not to believe him. Unbeliever regards our holy God as a liar. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 10. Anyone who believes in the Son of God has this testimony in his heart. Anyone who does not believe God has made him out to be a liar. Because he has not believed the testimony God has given about his son. The same truth is found in John chapter 3 verse 32 and 33. Every unbeliever treats God with utter contempt. Number five. Faith 
faces facts. Faith faces challenges and adversities. Abraham did not become weak in faith because of the deadness of his body and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Unlike Christian scientists, somebody said they are not Christians, nor are they scientists. <laughs> Unlike Christian scientists, Abraham considered the deadness of his body and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He looked at this reality of death. He faced the facts, but then looked to God and his mighty promises. God who is resurrection and God who is creator. Their sexual deadness ruled out confidence in themselves. So they trusted God to raise them up and enable them to become parents of the son of promise. Theologian Nigren said this, faith is not optimistic self-deception. Faith is not self-delusion. Faith is not positive thinking or repetition of a mantra. Faith says, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengtheneth me. Faith says, I am what I am by the grace of God. Faith says, I can do nothing, but God can do all things through me. Faith opens our eyes to reality. Satan blinds the eyes of unbelievers. God opens our eyes to see the reality of our deadness and incompetence and the reality of God who raises the dead and fulfills all his purposes concerning us. Understand, friends, Abraham had no previous historical evidence of a very old couple sexually now dead becoming parents. No matter. They believed. They believed God can do the humanly impossible. They believed the naked word of God without seeking additional proofs as Gideon and Hezekiah sought and received. Number six. Faith gives glory to God. Verse 20. Faith gives glory to God even before the fulfillment of promise. If God promised it, it is as good as done. So we thank God before the fulfillment comes, as well as after the fulfillment of his promise. Abraham grew in faith. God strengthened him and he gave glory to God. In Romans 1 verse 21, we are told that it is the habit of pagans, unbelievers, not to thank God. It is their nature to exchange the glory of God for idols. Believers truly glorify God 
Salvation by grace through faith alone excludes, we are told, all human boasting. And therefore, believers give all glory to God. And we are created and we are redeemed. Last Sunday night, I believe, I told you, we are created and redeemed to declare God's glory. Jeremiah 13, verse 11. Isaiah 44, verse 23. 49, verse 3. 60, verse 21. 61, verse 3. And 1 Peter 2, 9. God delivered us from darkness and death and corruption and misery and lostness from hell itself that we may declare the praises of him who brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's the purpose of our life. We give glory to God when we believe God. When we do God's will. When we worship God. We are giving glory to God. When I preach the gospel, I am giving glory to God. Turn to the book of Daniel and look at these three Hebrew children. They were about to be thrown into a fiery furnace. Because they worship the true and living God. And listen to what they are saying in chapter 3 of Daniel. Beginning with verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king. That we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. We give glory to God. To give glory to God means to reckon God to be what he is. And to rely upon his power and faithfulness. Thomas Watson in his body of divinity says this. Faith is a grace that takes a man off himself. Gives all the honor to Christ and free grace. Number seven. Faith is fully assured. Verse 21. Having been fully assured. God filled Abraham with full assurance. Of the fulfillment of God's promise. No doubt anymore. God is one who fulfills all his promises. Hebrews 11 verse 1 tells us faith substantiates what we hope for. It gives conviction, certainty, full assurance, great confidence of things we do not yet see. Turn with with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Oh yes, they were assured 
assurance of faith turn with me to the book of john verse 20 chapter 20 and verse 20 then jesus told him because you have seen me you have believed Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. On the basis of the historical work of Christ and the written scriptures. We hear, we believe. And we are given certainty. Not hope so. Maybe. God said it. God cannot lie or die or change his truth I believe him it's assurance or oh, turn with me to first Peter chapter 1 verse 8 and 9 though you have not seen him you love him and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him, notice, and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. He's speaking about the people of God being filled with certainty, conviction, certitude. I'm on my way to heaven, sir. Hallelujah. Your little son is standing at the edge of the pool and you are in the pool, the father. And you call out to him to jump, jump son, I'll catch you. He believes, he is fully assured, he jumps in into the arms of his father. Bigger father, able father, loving father. So also we are fully assured of our final salvation because underneath are God's everlasting arms. We are in his hands. We are in the Father's hands. No one can snatch us out of his loving and everlasting arms. So friends, faith is not mere mental assent without any feeling. Say Jesus is Lord and you are in. Martin Lloyd-Jones called it Sandemanianism. It is simply mental assent. It is not conviction, it is not trust, it has no feeling, it has no life. It is a mental gymnastic. Faith is full assurance given to us by God to those who believe in him. Assurance of faith is a blessing every saint can enjoy. Number eight. Faith that works. Faith that obeys. Abraham's faith was saving faith, which was reckoned to him for righteousness. This saving faith obeys God gladly and constantly. Friends, faith that does not obey God does not save anyone. Such a person is a fraud. The God of glory came to Abram in Mesopotamia and said, Leave your country, your kindred, your father's house, and your gods. And he left in obedience. 
He arrived in Canaan and worshipped the true God of glory by building altar and sacrificing. He in faith waged war against four powerful kings and rescued Lot. He refused to receive his due from the king of Sodom for he trusted in God to bless him materially. By faith he gave Lot first choice of the land. And Lot chose the Jordan Valley and pitched his tent toward the secular city of Sodom. And Abraham chose the hill country of Canaan which God had promised him. God appeared to him at age 99 and told him that you must circumcise and everyone in your household. He obeyed. He circumcised himself and all the males in his household as God commanded him. He became a covenant man. God came to him and said, from now on, I'm going to change your name. God changed his name. Abram means exalted father to Abraham, meaning father of many nations. He changed the name of his wife to Sarah, mother of many nations. So in obedience to God's word, he told all people to stop calling him Abram. Why is it? God appeared to me. He changed my name. Start calling me. Abraham. Though he had no son of promise, he believed the promise and was called Abraham. And he went about saying, I am father of many nations and my wife is the mother of many nations. So call her Sarah. Call me Abraham. Old is gone. New has come. Death is gone. Life has come, sir. Number eight, that is in terms of obedience. He sacrifices Isaac. That is the most difficult item of obedience in his life. In Genesis 2, God commanded him to sacrifice Isaac, the son of promise, from whom many nations were to come. Many believers were to come, from whom Messiah, the Savior, was to come, to save all God's people. This Isaac was not married yet. He had no son. And God wants me to kill him myself and burn him up in worship of this God of glory. How can God ask me to do this? How can these promises to be fulfilled through Isaac as God promised? There is a paradox here. Two ideas colliding both from God how can this be resolved Abraham exercised his reasoning powers his mind he reasoned God cannot lie he fulfills what he promises how can this problem be resolved God who raises the dead and creates out of nothing can resolve this problem God, he concluded, must raise Isaac from his own ashes. Abraham believed this God who is resurrection and life. And so it happened. 
Though God spared Isaac, he did not spare Isaac's son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. He was crucified, dead, and buried. Then God raised him from the dead. And so his people are saved. Friends, what about you? If you don't believe the true God of the Bible, I said you are insulting God. You are calling him a liar. You are making him a liar and you dishonor him and you remain without God and without hope. And he comes to judge all who are his enemies. Therefore, today, believe on the Lord and be saved. Now that the Messiah has come and in him all God promises are yes. Those who have trusted in Christ, I counsel you, grow in faith. Get to know God more. Serve him more. Obey him more. And your faith will grow more. And you will be fully assured of your salvation. And you will give glory to God. More Know him more that your faith may grow. And your strength may grow. Strength by which to love God and to obey God. Strength to believe and strength to do God's will. Give glory to God always, friends. Worship him. And you shall be filled with assurance while you live. And at the point of your death. May we live in faith. That we may die in faith. In sure hope. Or dwelling in God's presence in paradise. And in sure hope of our bodily resurrection. Heavenly Father. I have brought you glory. By preaching the word. May those who heard my word may give you glory. By believing in Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray, help us to believe you because you are truth. Help us, O oh Lord, to face facts, face adversities, face troubles with God. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me, hallelujah, through the river, through the mountain, through the storm, through the rain, through famine, through poverty, through economic downturn, through war, through depression. You are with us. Oh, hallelujah. You are in us and we are in you. Oh, God, we praise you. We are safe from all problems and troubles. You will never abandon us to our enemies. We are in your hand. We are truly untouchables. We are invincible. We cannot be conquered by the devil. The devil can do no harm to us. Therefore, O oh God, thank you for this great salvation. In your holy name we pray. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio with part two of this message entitled The Nature of Saving Faith. 
Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.